In half an hour on Radio 4, there's a special celebrity edition of It's a Catapult. And a very good impression of Stuart Hall is beyond me, I'm afraid. Welcome to Henley, where the locals have played their joker and strapped Boris Johnson into a giant catapult. So, Boris, to avoid being fired into the Thames, here's your question. In which year was the Battle of Hastings? For me, every hour that goes by without a snafu is a success. That's later tonight on BBC One. Radio 4. Whatever. But first... Hello and welcome to a special non-underwater edition of the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. My name is John Dredge and, as you can hear, I'm not underwater. Or am I? That's for you to decide. On the show this week, we're pleased to... Uh, we have with us one of Britain's many actors, star of stage, screen and radio, Greg Haste. Yes, that's right, John. My new play, Stage, Screen and Radio, has just finished a highly successful run in my bathroom. I've had a lot of people coming to see it, you know. Or perhaps they've just wanted to use the lavatory. Anyway, it's done so extraordinarily well that next week it's transferring to my kitchen, and tickets are currently available in the foyer. Well, I, I say in the foyer, I mean at the front door. By the way, I'm a big fan of your new theme tune. How does it go again? I don't think it's ever sounded like that, Greg. Well, it should do. I know these kind of things. I didn't get a degree in musical composition for nothing, you know. No, I had to pay for mine. Anyway, now that I'm here, I hope you've written something decent for me to perform. Well, I have got a little thing that takes place in a shop, but it's... Splendid, John! I used to do little things in a shop all the time when I was in rep, although the shopkeeper used to keep throwing me out. They were happy days, though, John, apart from all the suicide attempts. Well, here's your copy of the script, then. I'll cue you in. John. The bell on the shop door as it was opening. Oh, thank goodness for that, John. I thought it was a signal that I was about to be attacked by a tiger. That took me right back to my days in rep, when I was constantly attacked by tigers. You're getting tigers confused with critics again, aren't you, Greg? Critics? Tigers? I don't know what they were, John. Can we just get on with the sketch? Of course, John. Ready when you are. Right, here we go. Remember, it's only a bell. An ordinary bell. Good afternoon. I'd like to buy something from your shop, please. Sorry? Uh, what, what do you mean, something from my shop? What are you talking about, John? What is all this? As I said, Greg, the sketch takes place in a shop. Oh, I see. I thought you'd gone stark raving mad for a moment there, John. Sorry about that. You should have said it was a sketch, John. Anyway, I'm ready now. Good. Do you want the bell again? Definitely not, John. No, just go from your opening line. Right. Good afternoon. I'd like to buy something from your shop, please. Certainly, sir. I'll get the manager. Thank you. What manager? There's only two of us in the sketch. I know. I'm improvising. 
What do you mean, improvising? It's the new in thing, John. Like the Rubik Cube. So what happens now? So what happens now? We just wait for someone else to turn up and play this manager, do we? Ah. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Wait a minute, John. I can play the manager. I can do hundreds of different voices, you know. I'm multifaceted. Just wait until you hear the voice I'm going to use. Hello, sir. I am the manager, who is a totally different person to the last fellow you were speaking to. How can I be of service? I think we'll leave that sketch there, Greg. Oh, that's a shame. I was just getting into the swing of it. I used to get into swings all the time when I was in rep. They made me a bit disorientated, I must admit. For the time being, and hopefully much longer than that, thank you, Greg Haste. Where am I? Later on in the show, we have Leonard Wok and his trombone-playing goat, Cedric. <laughs> Girls Aloud will be playing live in a water tank. And Alan Titchmarsh will be jumping off a cliff onto a horse. But first, it's time for us to welcome a very special guest, Mr. Boline Gnat. A very special hello to you, John. What do you do for a living, Mr. Gnat? I polish pebbles. Well, that certainly sounds like a rather special occupation, but let's see how you're faring on our guestometer. Very special. You're doing really well so far, Mr. Gnat. May I ask what you do in your spare time? Certainly, John. I do this. Good grief! What do you think you're doing? Stop breaking up the studio at once! Honestly, you were a very special guest to start with, but now look at your score. Useless. See what I mean? I'm sorry, John. I've ruined it. Clear off! and take your admittedly well-polished collection of pebbles with you. So sorry. And that music tells me once again that I have no idea what's coming next. Let's see if the ordinary man in the street knows. Well, I hope the next bit of the show's going to be... Corner. I always enjoy that bit. I hate the rest of the show, though. I hope they're not going to take the mickey out of Daleks again. I have a very thin skin, you know. I hope the next item's going to be what's on in Layton Buzzard, because I moved there last year to get more out of that particular part of the show, and then you dropped it. Yes, it's time for the answers to last week's quiz. And here with all the answers... Three. What? I only have three answers, John. There were only three questions. (laughs) Well, that's all right then. (laughs) Yes. So, here with all the answers, as always, is our old friend, acclaimed actress, Anna Emerson. How have things been going for you since the last time you were with us, Anna? That isn't one of the questions you set last week, is it? No. Oh, in that case, things have been going very well, thank you, John. (laughs) Okay. So, question one was, what is the name given to the prominent basalt pillars on the Atrium coast? And the answer was, of course, Ronald. Ronald. And not Roland, (laughs) as some of you thought. 
Are you sure you know the answers to last week's quiz? Can I phone a friend? No, we'll be here all night if you do that. Uh, let's move on. Question two was, name all of King Henry VIII's wives. Oh, uh, are you sure you definitely asked for all of them, John? All of them, yes. Oh, right. Let's see now. Um, uh, Catherine of Aragon, Catherine Parr, Catherine of Green Gables, Catherine Jenkins... Catherine Zeta-Jones and Catherine of Lewisham. You've forgotten to bring the answers with you again, haven't you? It depends what you mean by forgotten. Finally, question three was, is it time for a commercial break? And the answer was an unequivocal no. Well, at least I've got that one right. Excuse me, is this the train to Frinton? No, sir. This is the 1743 service to Egypt. I do beg your pardon, sir. This service does call all stations to Frinton. It does now, thanks to the new Ronco rectifier. Excuse me, do you have a table for four? I'm afraid we'll put solid until the next millennium. But a table has become available just this minute, sir. Thanks to the new Ronco rectifier. There's no easy way to say this, Tim, but we're going to have to let you go. Because we want you to head up the New York office. All thanks to the new Ronco Rectifier. Here, have some money. The new Ronco Rectifier. Not available until 2032. The new Ronco Rectifier. Available now. It's part two, part two, part two. It's part two. Part two, part two, it's part two! It's part two! It's part two! Welcome back to part nine of the Nothing To Do With Anything show, and in that order. Later in the show, we'll be placing a large piece of cheese inside a wind tunnel in the Great Missenden area, so look out for that, particularly if you're in Wendover. But first, I'd like to welcome back to the show one of Britain's leading inventors. Unfortunately, I've been told to make do with Professor Nigel Twinnock. Professor, what? You're very highly regarded in the world of science and technology, aren't you? Yes, I'd like to think of myself as one of the best inventors in the country. I'm not, but I'd like to think of myself as one. I'm just waiting for the idea to catch on. You've certainly come up with countless inventions over the years. They were countless, John, until I came up with a machine that counted things that were previously thought to be countless. But what I do know is that I've come up with more inventions than anyone else in history, several of which actually work. What have you been working on most recently? Well, just today I've patented a form of street lighting that uses 90% less electricity. It's fantastic for the environment, although not so good for pedestrians, because the streets are 90% darker as a result and they keep bumping into things. Perhaps that's why people don't recognise me in the street. Instead, people come up to me in the street and say, I don't recognise you. But mark my words, John, one day they will, because I'm way ahead of my time. No, I think your watch is a bit fast, that's all. Oh, yes, so it is. Thanks for pointing that out. I don't want to miss my train. Mother's making my favourite tonight. I also understand you've recently entered the cosmetics market. Yes, John, I've invented an anti-ageing cream that I've been using on myself for the last 18 months with fantastic results. Believe it or not, I'm about to turn 134. Really? Yes, John, in just 92 years' time. But now, just take a look at this. I'm sure you've heard about all these drinks that claim to sharpen the mind, boost alertness and so forth. 
Well, I've invented a new brain drink called Kapow, which is actually proven to increase one's intellectual capacity. Let me give you a demonstration. Four thousand three hundred and sixty-seven multiplied by one hundred and seven minus ninety-eight is four hundred and sixty-seven thousand one hundred and seventy-one. You see how effective it is. Before consuming that bottle of Kapow, I'd never even heard of maths. Phenomenal. Now, what's this over here, Professor? Watch. That's a very impressive-looking machine. What exactly does it do? I've no idea. I was hoping you might know. That's why I brought it in. Hold on, it's doing something else now. Good heavens, I had no idea it was going to do that. Never mind. Do send me the cleaning bill. Let's move on to some of your more unusual machines. What's this one? Well, John, I expect you've heard it said that many people don't like goodbyes. That's true, although in your case I'm rather looking forward to it. Well, this machine here says goodbye for you. It's taken me ten years to build, and with your permission I'd like to demonstrate it for the very first time on your show right now. I turn it on like so. Hello. Well, that's ten years down the drain. Moving on to your final invention, if you don't mind, Professor. What's this machine here? Ah, now this machine turns the Nothing To Do With Anything show into a much more popular programme. <laughs> impossible, surely. Nothing's impossible, John. How does it work? Simple. You just turn it on... My castaway this week is Michael McIntyre. And that turns everything back to normal. Well, that's extraordinary. I hope there aren't any side effects. No, no, none at all, John. You have nothing to worry about there. Excellent. So, Professor, we're giving you the Bible and the complete works of Shakespeare, and you can take one other book. What's it going to be? Oh, uh, um... Professor Nigel Twinnick, um, thank you very much for letting us hear your uh, Desert Island Discs. Uh, thank you, John. By all means, keep the machine. Desert Island Discs was created by Roy Plumley, who was devised by Ian Messiter. All other tasks were left to writer John Dredge and producer Richard Cray. Special guests included Anna Emerson, Greg Haste, James Shakeshaft and Nigel Twinnock, but excluded quite a few others. On BBC Two tomorrow night at nine o'clock, there's the start of a brand new series of Who Do You Think You Are flying around the world at the licence fee payers' expense just to find out who your grandfather's mother was. The first guest is His Royal Highness, the Duke of York. He could have got more information about his family out of a history book. Now on Radio 4, Mark Tully with Something So Quiet I Can't Hear It.